Thanks for joining us for this podcast. We hope that it inspires you to follow Jesus. You can find out more about the life and ministry of City Lights Church and how you can connect with us at city-lights.church. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Didn't our team do a great job? I mentioned this last week, but who can feel the tide of our worship and the presence of God uh, rising and rising? We're so grateful for that team and every team that is part of uh, City Lights Church. Well, it's good to see you. If you haven't had a chance to say hello to the person sitting next to you, why don't you take a moment just to say hello to them? Say, it's good to see you on this Sunday morning in February. This morning, we're starting a new series, and the title of this series is Grow. Now, I don't know if you have realized this. Maybe some of you are new to the whole church thing, uh, new, to, new to learning a little bit about God's desire, God's intention for humanity. But God wants each and every one of us to grow. That's his intention. His intention is for us to grow. Now, the thing I love about growth is growth in nature. This is the process that we see, something that is small, and insignificant, seemingly insignificant, begins to, over time, grow into something of strength and resilience. But beyond that, it starts to bear fruit, which means it can give life to something, and then also has seeds for multiplying potential. And that's God's intention for us. Have a listen to this Psalm of David. From Psalm chapter 1, it says, it talks about a person being like a tree. It says, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. In this Psalm, it's saying that given the right conditions, Something that is small, a seed, if it's planted in the right environment, can grow into something of strength, something that has life, something that is thriving, but also something that has the ability to produce fruit. Now, I have here on the front row, okay, an apple. It is not my mid-preaching snack, okay? Although that could be a good idea. We'll see how we go. But think about this. A healthy apple tree will produce an apple. It will produce apple fruit. So actually the designed purpose of that tree is that tree will begin to grow to get to a place where its natural outcome is to produce fruit. Now fruit, it has the ability to give life in two sources – One is fruit is actually portable life. I don't know if you've ever thought about it like this. Fruit is designed to be portable life. I can eat this. It will give me the sustenance I need for my body to grow. So it will provide fruit for, it will provide life for another life form. But also we know that within this, there is a seed and that seed actually allows things to multiply. 
And this is God's intention for you. God's intention for you is actually that you become a life source for others. That actually the outcome of your life, the natural outcome, not the forced outcome, but the natural outcome of your life is actually that you have something to give away that can provide life to others. Do you know how a community thrives? Is when we get to the point over time where we are fruitful in a way that we are able to share things with others. This is so important. Now, some of us, I know sometimes we have, are in a position where we feel like we don't have anything to give away. Or sometimes we feel like if I give away life, I'm going to have less life myself. I'm not going to have life. And that's where we need to tap into the process because there is a natural process where we actually, that the fruit, the ability to give life becomes a natural response from the growth from inside out. We don't need to rush that process. We don't need to force that process. But that's part of God's design for us. So God's intention for you, for me, is that we become healthy and we become life-giving with the ability to share life and also to multiply. So we're at the beginning of this year, February 2024. Who can feel that the year has definitely started? Okay, Work is in full flight. Kids, if you got them, are back at school or kindy or whatever. And things are starting to get into momentum. But I want to encourage you and I want to invite you into something. Do you have this year in your heart and in your mind the idea that we are going to, uh, that this year we are going to be fruitful, that God wants you to grow this year. Now, the Apostle Paul talks about spiritual growth in another way. And this other way is organic. He talks about a child growing and maturing to become an adult. Now, I grew up a little bit old school, okay? Don't judge me yet. There'll be plenty of time for that later. But when I grew up, we didn't have mobile phones. Anyone else grow up without mobile phones? Okay, we had a phone at one stage that looked like this coming up on the screen. Serious, okay. And if you got the number wrong, you had to start all over again. Who knows what I'm saying? Okay, this phone, a couple of things. It did not have a screen. It had a cord. There was no caller ID. And what we actually did and what we actually decided to do in this time is that they thought it a good idea to let everyone in the city know what your phone number was. So someone had this good idea. Let's share everybody's number in the whole city. Let's actually print a really, really big book and let's give it to you. So if you want to call some random person at whatever time of night, you can do it via a phone book. Now, in that home, we used to, uh, if someone called, and so uh, my dad, who's here today, he uh, was a pastor. And he also uh, so was a pastor, is a pastor. But at that time, we used to have a lot of people calling at different times for different purposes. And so I used to often answer the phone. When I was young, I would answer the phone and I would say, hello. And the first response, people would say, 
Hi, Catherine. Now, that is not what a teenager needs to hear. Hello? Hi, Catherine. Is John there? There came a point in my life when I picked up the phone and it said this. And they said, hello. And they said, hi, John. And I was like, yes, I have made it. The embarrassment is gone. What happened? What happens to most men is they go through puberty and they get to a point where their voice drops and they get to a point where there is a maturing process that happens in their life. It's part of a life stage. Now, we're going to read a a scripture here from Galatians chapter 4. And watch how the Apostle Paul talks about spiritual growth in another organic way. But he uses the language of maturing. And he says this, Galatians 4, verse 19. Oh, my dear children, I feel as I'm going through labor pains. Okay, some other words that use, there's one translation that says, I feel like I'm going through terrible pain. Is there any mums in the the place who could uh, associate with that? So another word is travail. This idea of birthing. It says, I'm going through labour pains for you again, and they will continue until Christ is fully developed, meaning matured, shaped, formed, fashioned in your lives. And it's in this particular verse that we get a picture of, of the idea of spiritual growth. Spiritual growth is a process where we mature to become like Jesus. And so at the start of this series, let me give you both the goal and the process of spiritual growth. The goal of spiritual growth is this, is that we think, act, and love like Jesus. That's the purpose. If you want to have a clear direction for where you want to grow, which I hope that you do, it's Jesus. And that goal is that I want to think, act, and love like Jesus. The words of my mouth, the intentions of my heart, my thoughts like Jesus. And this is how we become healthy, fruitful, and multiply. So where do we begin? If I could just get more of a pad, that'd be great. Thank you. To begin this journey, we start from the top. Start from the top. So uh, one of the things that I love to do for exercise and enjoyment is ride mountain bikes. And so coincidentally, I bought a house right near a mountain bike. Who would have thought? So I, uh, it's one of the things I, I love to be out in nature. I love adventure. I love activity. Now, a couple of years ago, I went to one of the mountain bike meccas of the Southern Hemisphere in Rotorua. Has anyone been to Rotorua? And there is a mountain bike park there. Okay, I cannot tell you its name without swearing. So I've decided not to tell you that. But this place is amazing. And I went there with my brother a couple of years ago. 
and it was honestly next level mountain biking. Now the thing about Rotorua and these particular trails is that a number of them are designed to be downhill only. Meaning there is a shuttle system that exists. It was a minivan, okay, about 25 people. And then you've got this giant bike rack of about 20 bikes. And so when it comes in, people are literally like sprinting as fast as they can, getting their bikes, rushing in, piling on, getting up to the top as soon as possible. Now, this mountain bike, as I said, is designed... This mountain bike trail is designed for you to start from the top. Do you know the same thing is true for our spiritual journey with Jesus? When we go through the process of starting to act and think and love like Jesus, it's same. Now, the reason for this is that both, if you decide to pedal up to the top of these trails, number one, you would be exhausted. Number two, in some cases, it is physically impossible because some of these trails have giant gaps and jumps and all kinds of features that make it impossible for you to get up. It is designed to be downhill only. And this morning, we're going to look at why spiritual growth is very much the same. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6, It says, For He raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. Did you know this? That God, knowing full well who you are, knowing full well what you have done and not done, knowing full well the condition of your heart, the words of your mouth, the actions of your life, knowing full well all of that has still chosen you, forgiven you and given you an elevated position because you are united with Christ Jesus. This is what it means to start from the top in our spiritual journey and our spiritual growth. Here's a statement. You can write this down if you're taking notes. We grow to become like Jesus by being close to Jesus. This is the whole point. This is the point of the gospel. This is very contrary to most other things in life. For example, my boys, they play uh, soccer, football. All right. We don't start them in the Premier League. Okay. They're in the, the junior leagues in development. My friend Jack uh, here playing keyboard. Give it up for Jack. Loves to play cricket. Okay. He didn't start his cricketing journey in the IPL, although the money would have been good, or on the Australian team. You start, for most things in life, you start from the bottom, don't you? Because you've got to learn and grow. Christianity, you don't start from the bottom, you start from the top. You don't work your way up to Jesus. You start with Jesus. Why are we seated with Jesus in heavenly places? Because that's where Jesus is. That is the spiritual reality. And so therefore, my spiritual reality and my connection is with Jesus wherever He is. And He's in heaven. And so I start my spiritual journey 
by being close to Jesus, by being in proximity to Jesus. When I, uh, before I became a pastor, I was in sales in Sydney. And one of the, the things when I used to look after my clients, we bought, I think it was like 20 VIP seats to the big, what's now Acor Stadium, Stadium Australia, the Olympic Stadium. And so as part of my role, I would take, I would have access to every sporting event that was at that for the whole year. And so special fancy padded seats with high backs. Now I had a position that allowed me to have access to a special seat. You have a position through Jesus that allows you to have access to a special seat. You have exclusive access. Have you ever been in like an unfamiliar place and you're not sure what's going on and then you see someone that you know and there's, I might say, I might see Twinkie. And Twinkie might say, hey, come and sit with me. Have you ever experienced that? Someone has invited you to sit with them. How does that make you feel? It gives you confidence. It gives you security. This person knows what's going on and they want me to have a place next to them. The same is with us with Jesus. We don't know how to do a spiritual journey, but he's like, no, come and sit with me, be close to me, and I will show you what to do. It's very different because a lot of other things is like, read this book, watch this YouTube, hopefully you get some good hacks, and then eventually you might make your way up to being in that super Christian status of elevated position. So what does it mean to start from the top? I just want to look at three scriptures today. And they're from Ephesians chapter 1. And what it means to start from the top is to understand what's available to us. Ephesians 1, 3 says this, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Everybody say every every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. And see, starting from the top means this. It means we start with abundance and are free from lack. We start with abundance and are free from lack. I don't know if you've ever been in a financial situation or maybe some of you are in a situation now where you don't feel like you have enough. You don't feel like you're looking at the bank balance and you're hoping that the timings work out. And sometimes we can be in situations where we're in great need and we're in times of lack. You know, in the same way, we can feel that spiritually. And when God says we have access to every spiritual blessing, here's a couple of things that it means. It means, one of the things it means is that we have everything that we need to do everything that God has called us to do. And when we set our sights and our vision on growing spiritually, and then we're like, God, I hope that one day I could be a person who would be a life-giving source for others. And God's like, okay, I like that. I like that. Okay, let's take a step and just trust me as you take a step 
that I will give you everything you need. You'll have enough. More importantly, it also means that not only do we have enough, but we are enough. Because a lot of the times we don't feel like we are. Like not just what I have, but like me. Like God has called me to lead a church and plan a church. Oh God, I don't know. I don't know if I got that in me. Well, you don't. I don't have it in me, but I have it in Him. And so once I locate myself with Him, then I'm able to actually pull down the resources of heaven into my spirit. Now, in the New Testament, the word blessed is only used in association with God. It's only used in association with God. And so when God says, I have blessed you with every spiritual blessing, what is He saying? Is He saying, what does it mean to be blessed? Is it like happy vibes all around? You want a happy vibe. You want a happy vibe. You're broke. You can't feed your family, but I want you to smile about it, okay? That's not what it means. Does it mean that it's just a spiritual feeling? It actually means that we have a flow of blessing directly from God. Every spiritual blessing means blessing upon blessing upon blessing upon blessing upon blessing. Because who knows, if we're going to do a life with God and a journey with God, not just for ourselves, but for others, we're going to need a flow. We're going to need a source of energy. We're not just going to need one hit. We're going to need to be positioned where we actually have the life of Jesus flowing through us. So this is what it means. But it also means, it doesn't just mean spiritual blessing. It also means, it does mean physical blessing. Now let me give you an example. So the word peace, we understand the word peace. In the Hebrew, the word means shalom. Okay? What does it mean in Hebrew? It doesn't mean just like a feeling. It means wholeness. God bringing wholeness. And so if I understand that in heaven, a blessing from God is God's peace, then I understand that I have peace with God. Therefore, I have wholeness with God. I am right with God. I am whole and holy. Therefore, I can have peace and wholeness in my finances. I have peace with God. That peace begins to flow into my relationships. And so all the relationships that are damaged, all the hurt that's broken. Okay, not only is God's blessed spiritual blessing coming in the spirit, spirit to spirit, but it actually begins to, we would use the word manifest or begin to be seen and to be understood in the natural realm. This is what it means to be blessed with every spiritual blessing. The second thing that starting from the top means is this. We start at rest and are free from striving. I want you to understand this is like, this is Christianity 101. And it's easy to get it in here. We got to get it in here, but also we got to get it so deep that when the troubles come, when the trials come, that we don't forget it, which is easy to do. 
We need to understand that our relationship with God, our salvation, our forgiveness, and our freedom rests in Jesus' work, not by our works. I want to say that again. We need to understand that our salvation, our relationship with God, our freedom, our forgiveness, it rests in Jesus' work, not our own work. And I don't know about you, but too often in my life, I've accepted that. And then I've run off and I put that to the side and got the tools out and started working, 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 striving, striving, striving. And we need to realize that our faith rests completely on the work of God and not on the unsteady foundation of anything else. Even your own goodness, even your own skills, even the things that you're really good at, that is not our foundation. So the wholeness, the peace I have with God and the holiness that I have with God is not because of things I've done, it's because of who He is. And it's because of my relationship with Him, my proximity with Him. Now here's what we know, rest is not a holiday or a vacation. Although I do suggest those. But actually, rest is connection and partnership with God. Let me give you an example. So one of these trails that I was riding in Rotorua, probably one of the best trails I've ever ridden in my life, was a trail called Eagle versus Shark. Okay, I didn't make up the name. I don't know. I think there's some kind of movie or something like that. Anyway, unimportant. So I'm at the top of this trail and it's a downhill trail and you're going downhill for about 15 minutes. So it is a long time, way longer than anything in this part of Australia. So you're there. Now it takes energy, it takes effort, it takes concentration, but there is flow. This is a picture of what happens when we start from the top. When we start from the top, we actually begin to flow in the path that God has laid out for us. And I hope that this is a vivid picture for what it means to actually live out the Christian life. I am not in a jungle with a machete trying to trailblaze. I am actually, as Ephesians says, the Apostle Paul, I am actually doing the good works that God has prepared in advance for me to do. There is an incredible flow. Rest is not being passive. Rest is just saying, hey, God, where do you want me? What have you got for me? Who have you made me? And how can I live that out in my life and begin to flow? The next scripture here, verse 5. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. For those that were here, you wouldn't have heard this on the podcast, but Johann spoke so brilliantly about being part of God's family, getting to know the other people in God's family. And when you're part of a family, when you're part of a healthy family, you are accepted. When you're part of a healthy family, you you are accepted. In the Bible, there is a contrast between what is called 
the orphan spirit and the spirit of adoption. So the orphan spirit, it's often associated with people who have experienced extreme rejection or often trauma from someone that should love them, that should care for them, that should keep them safe. And often this rejection, this extreme rejection creates within within them an orphan spirit. And here's what's often associated with it. An inability to receive love. Feelings of worthlessness. Often a series of chaotic and unhealthy relationships. Fear, anxiety, and worry. But I've got good news for you. Here's what the Bible says. Romans 8, again the Apostle Paul. For you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves... Instead, you received God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. Now we call Him Abba, Father. For His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. As I was preparing and praying through this this morning, I really felt there are people here that need a deep revelation, as this word says, spirit to spirit, that you are part of God's family. That actually when you say, God, the only way that I can be healed from the inside out, spirit to spirit, life to life, is by receiving and by understanding that I am part of God's family. And I want to encourage you that whoever Right now, as I'm talking, the Holy Spirit's speaking to you and saying, that's you. You need to just accept that. That is by faith. That is by faith. To to say, God, I am no longer going to be an orphan, but I'm going to say, yes, from this day forward, I am part of God's family. When you do that, God is going to begin to release the process of you actually having the ability to receive love. The only person that can do this is Jesus through the Spirit. No matter how healthy your relationships are, some of us, sometimes we're waiting for that right person to fix us. The only person that can fix us deep in and change us is God's Spirit to our spirit. The last one here, I'm going to invite the team up is this, we start in family and are free from selfishness. Do you know, often we view spiritual growth through the lens of individualism. But I want to say, it's not just I am part of the family, that is true, but we are part of the family of God. Do you know the number one thing that sin will do is sin will make you self-centered and self-focused, but sin will rob you of the blessing of being in family. You know, one of the greatest challenges for the Western church, the greatest challenges for you and I, is that we have a consumer-orientated view of church. That we come in and say, okay, what's good for me? What's good for my family? What suits my schedule? 
Who are the people that I like? Who are the people that I don't like? And if you've ever thought those things, you are a completely normal human. It's so easy to do. God wants to bring us to a part where we're in healthy family, where we're coming in. And yes, in our church, we we want this to be a great place for families. And and we've got vision in the future for, for kids and family and youth. That starts with somebody. That starts with a group of people. And that starts with us coming not just to receive, although I encourage you to receive, but coming with a heart to give coming with patience, coming with time in your schedule to sit with somebody, to talk with somebody, to grow in relationship with somebody. And God wants to deliver us from selfishness. This is true. He wants to deliver us from selfishness. The famous inauguration speech, 1961, John F. Kennedy. Can you remember it? Can anyone say, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. Sometimes we come to Jesus to use Jesus to get what we want. Pretty common. Don't just ask Jesus what He can do for you. He's done it all. Begin to ask Jesus, what can I do for you? How can I say, yes to you how could I go out of my way to have a conversation with somebody to grow in relationship and begin to live out what it actually means to be part of family I want you to stand to your feet we're going to pray together and we're going to sing and then we'll be done very soon Right now, I'm going to ask you to think about one of the things that we've talked about and maybe the Holy Spirit is showing you. And if you've never heard of that or experienced that, there will be a voice, a loving, kind voice within you that wants to bring you closer to God and closer to Jesus. And those things that are talking about, about being seated with Jesus, being united with Jesus, walking in rest, walking in abundance, the spirit of adoption, being accepted, being part of God's family, being delivered from self-focus and selfishness. If that's one of those things, why don't you just bring it to the Lord and say, God, I know you're speaking to me. I pray that you'd help me live this out. And we're going to sing this song as we do. So let's pray before we sing. God, We want to be people that start from the top. Lord, we don't want to be strivers. We don't want to be manipulators. God, we want to be people that understand the fullness of what Jesus has for us and the strength of that foundation. But God, to do that, we need your help. And so we pray that the things that you've been speaking to us about, you would help us by your grace see those become a reality in the name of Jesus. Thanks for joining us for this message. We hope that it has inspired you to follow Jesus. You can find out more about City Lights Church at city-lights.church.